0: WWE Good evening everybody and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk WWE. The reason I said another it's been a couple of weeks or a few weeks and I don't know what episode we're on but it's me Sunny Sangera and I'm joined by Mr. Lee Baker. How you doing Lee?
1: Good, uh, feeling you know, feeling tired, feeling a little bit drained, but you know, all is well when you watch live pay per views, right?
0: Definitely, and you know, more importantly, as well, we hope everyone who's listening is staying safe, staying at home, working if you are working, um, but obviously, social distancing and everything, it's a crazy world we're in right now and it has massive implications on the thing that we love which is wrestling the whole wrestling landscape has changed over the last few months um but lee uh the biggest thing obviously uh, that's happened no it's not becky lynch no it's not money in the bank stings left he's done finished wwe's con- legacy contract everything's finished he's a free agent how do you feel about it um it's it's crazy because I think the 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 aspect
1: of the story of how it kind of people picked up on it was actually crazy and it's not the fault of um you know Mattel who obviously we're gonna talk in a bit more in detail about, but you know, just being honest with the fans and just saying, look, this figurine's not coming and stuff like that, um, because of XY and XY actually related to something else that was going on.
0: So I mean I don't know the whole story in regards to this thing. So, fill me in. Yeah. So basically, the story goes that
1: um, there's, So I, this is even funnier. So Zach Ryder and Kurt Hawkins um basically did a, I guess you can kind of like a you know announcement video on behalf of WWE during WrestleMania, and this kind of entails Mattel's next line of the figurines. So kind of like in video game terminology, you know, E3, they announce a game. This is what's going to happen. This is where you can get it. This is what should be started, right? Mm -hmm. So um, after that, the big reveal of that show was basically the uh, Series 7 crow stint. So completely WCW done by WWE. Everyone was losing their nut because, obviously, he was... You know, uh, the original design paintwork, all these different kinds of elements to it, baseball and all. Now, came out, I believe, it must have been what I would have done was like yesterday in the US, but obviously for us today, uh, recording in the UK um, as a recording of this podcast. And it came out that Mattel basically said to the community um, that all oh, figurines are coming out except the Stin Series 7, which was obviously the Chrome because fans were eager after it. I must admit I was myself intrigued. And they simply just came out and said, you know, it's not coming, but if Stin is able to uh, work with us again, then we'll produce the figure. Now everyone was going, well handle the minute he signed to WWE. Why are they not doing the figure Because it's part of the agreement, right? Mm-hmm Oh, it's because he's left. And the, the the more interesting aspect of this, um, you know, prior to us recording this podcast, I was explaining to Sonny kind of what I've been up to and what's been going on and everything. He's been talking a lot about wrestling as a whole. So he's been talking a lot about AW with their focus obviously on Jake nate Roberts and kind of pushing wrestlers and stuff. And Cody out of nowhere because again, you know, no one's known this has happened, right? This is very sporadic. You know, it, people didn't pick up on it after the dark. Was it Dark Wednesday for nearly a month ago now? When everyone got released, mm-hmm. uh, you know, people assume it came from that. And I think everyone's now kind of going, well, Cody. Well, sorry, not Cody himself, but basically Stin and Dusty were huge, you know, fans and all these different kinds of different things and bits and pieces. You know, they knew each other really well, close to the friends. So Cody's at this point just doing gifts. So anyone's watched all like uh, in the elite. There's a uh, situation where Cody's got his hand against his ear, like he's listening from further distance across the room. <laughs> it's, it's definitely picked up a lot of stuff. Um, there is a lot of talk. I mean, at the minute he's been very very active on Twitter. Um, so the last WWE tweet was May 9th. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he, that. he did stuff with um, James Next, I said. Obviously, he's been talking about Robocop because of Mortal Kombat 11. So he's been very, very active on social and even recently with McAdona, with uh, toys and stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely come out on left field. I mean, for me... I could definitely see him in AEW, or I could see him in NWA. NWA would be a huge big deal. Um, but I'm just, yeah, I'm very surprised um, that it's happened. It's slipped through. I mean, he, to be yeah. fair, something, he could be on a heavily posted contract. I mean, you look at um, Kane, I think mean, it's a Kane Rodriguez there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but basically, you know, the UFC version of K that came into WWE, and obviously he would let go because of the heavy contract.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, it was funny, you mentioned the word slipped then, Lee. Um, something else that might be slipping is SummerSlam, the pay per view as a whole. So I've got a bit of an article here to read for you. Um, so obviously it will give you an update on what's happening with the SummerSlam pay per view. And yes, I've got nothing to say about Stingley. Um, Hulk Hogan's bitch, really. But uh, WWE officials are reportedly actively searching for a new SummerSlam location, one that would allow them to have fans in the crowd. It was noted earlier this month that WWE was likely facing another coronavirus-related crisis as Boston, Massachusetts Mayor Marty Walsh announced that parades and festivals would not be allowed to take up place in the city this summer, up to and including Labor Day on September 7th and that promoters should start looking for alternatives if their events bring large crowds together as WWE would. Updated to the story that WWE wants SummerSlam weekend to remain as it is, but the city of Boston has made it clear that it's not likely. Because of that, WWE is actively hunting, hunting for a new location with fans. It was noted that the southern United States is a possibility, specifically Florida and Georgia. It was also noted that on the table is the idea of pushing SummerSlam weekend into September. There was no word on what will happen to the WWE NXT TakeOver event planned for that weekend or Raw and SmackDown. The 2020 Hall of Fame induction ceremony has been rumoured for SummerSlam weekend as well, as it was next from WrestleMania 36 weekend when WWE had to change the original plans again because of the coronavirus. Um, The time of reporting, SummerSlam is still scheduled for August the 23rd from the TD Garden in Boston. WWE also has an August 21st SmackDown Go Home show scheduled for the same arena as well as TakeOver Boston um, and the post-SummerSlam Raw. So we've just got to stay tuned, really, about that. But what's your thoughts on, again, you know, another pay-per-view number two getting um, all shoddied and messed up by WWE and the coronavirus
1: yeah it's it's a
0: it's crazy because you know i think with and i'm you know we've obviously mentioned it briefly
1: on this but you know with money in the bank they maximize the potential of a bad situation how you do that with SummerSlam, i don't know now you know it is very daunting it can be pretty much an issue i think you know this is this some may say the second biggest others say obviously the third biggest it depends where you rate Royal Rumble. I think I
0: think I think since they've started doing the Royal Rumble in stadiums, uh, I think it's dropped a third, hasn't it? Because the Royal Rumbles there, like fifty thousand, the last three years now, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, and I think you know
0: you look at it in
1: terms of like even like Survivor Series, and you just go, yeah, it's kind of slipped off. But I mean, what can they do? I mean, the only the only way this is going to realistically work, if being completely frank, is you have an absolute mainstream main event that really engages people but you need to do it in a a way that kind of doesn't worry too much about basically in, in aspects or in essence uh, the fans because you know, that's really at the
0: minute the biggest catalyst that is the problem I think a big thing as well for me is uh, I know WWE are doing they're, they're being really really smart because they're cost cutting but I really liked the way UFC two four nine this past weekend went. The fact that it was in an empty arena, but there was a few people within camera shot. I think what WWE need to do um, if SummerSlam isn't going to have a crowd is to put it in the empty arena and show that it's in the empty arena, but still have like the pyro and stuff and have people who are working at the event, just sitting around like they were at UFC. You know, they weren't sitting there watching the fights. You had the commentators sitting, you know, two, three metres apart. You had the technicians in that sitting sporadically in the stands. So it still looked like there was people there, you know, and a lot of people had face masks on, but it gave you the illusion of an alive environment around the actual action in the ring, you know. And for SummerSlam, I think, yeah, I think the problem with the performance centre is too small you know, and I know they do quite a lot with the lights and things, and I think the novelty sort of wore off with WrestleMania, um, you know, having it the Saturday and the Sunday, three and a half hours each night, after that, everything's just the same, same, I think it, you know, if you if you really want to do it, do SummerSlam, you know, I'm pretty sure the arena will give you a discount, because they need the money as well. <laughs> You know, but just give it that different setting to the performance centre. I mean, I think that's one thing that enlightened me about Money in the Bank, which we'll get to in a bit, which, again, it was just that the main event was in Titan Towers, you know, and it was just a different setting and a different environment. But, yeah, I hope SummerSlam um, actually takes place, you know, because we are, you know, thirsty for our wrestling action, but you know what there is here in the UK... With obviously everything being extended here now till October, if if, if there's no vaccine, we're going to have to get used to day-to-day life with social distancing, you know, with that threat of coronavirus until there is a vaccine, obviously. Um, it is just absolutely insane. But, I mean, do you think SummerSlam should be in an empty arena or do you think they should keep it in the performance centre if they're going to do it?
1: Oh, I would actually do something completely different and have, I guess I'm channeling my inner WCW uh, aspect here, but bear with me on this one. But they could almost have, I don't know how you would do it, because obviously people would start to clock what's going on, but like a island or a beach somewhere that basically you could have you know, your entrance ramp and obviously you, you're literally fighting on a beach and there's all kinds of stuff. It just adds a bit more scenery to what SummerSlam is all about, which is like the biggest part of the summer. And I think that uh, it makes it feel different, but it doesn't make it feel stupid or silly. Um, I do really think at the minute the Performance Center is massively hindering uh, WWE's kind of visibility of uh kind of the intrigue and the excitement reveal.
0: Definitely. Um, well, one person who won't be going to SummerSlam with a belt around his waist is Sami Zayn. So oh. um, I'm going to give you something, Lee. Pretend this is a comic book, okay? So I want, And listeners, do the same. I want you all to close your eyes. Picture this as a comic book. Uh, picture all the wrestlers looking at the overlord Vince McMahon and the imaginary HR department And uh, Vince saying, um, we are going to be taping during the coronavirus. You will be tested. If you feel unsafe, do not be scared to say so. You do not have to come if you don't want to. And that's in all their public statements to the media. You know, when they got the backlash that they were uh, classed as essential, they were like, look, if superstars don't want to attend, they're protected. Nothing will go against them. Sorry if I'm burping. I'm, I'm drinking a copperberg at the same time. Second comic book strip. Um, Sammy Zayn on the phone. Hi. Uh, I feel unsafe about traveling and performing due to the coronavirus, so I would like to stay at home, as you know WWE mentioned in all their public statements. Picture three. Vince McMahon. Sure thing, bro. That's fine. And then picture four. Website. Sami Zayn stripped of Intercontinental Championship. (laughs) Uh, Your thoughts, Lee? It's a bit crazy, isn't it? I mean, I don't even know. I know WWE are trying to pitch it as, you know, we're going to hold a tournament for the Intercontinental Championship, this and that, this and that. But a bit crazy, isn't it? I mean, like, from somebody who, like, you know, media, who don't really know the ins and outs of the wrestling world, they're thinking, oh, man, this guy just got shafted for no reason. Your thoughts? It's... I, I just find it
1: absolutely typical Vince McMahon don't it's just like for me why say that and then go yeah we're gonna pull this eye off you it shouldn't be done like that it's almost they could easily have filmed a scene outside of somewhere or you know anything like that or just kind of any impact
0: mm.
1: and they didn't you know at the moment there's a lot of social kind of discussions online about everything like how um wwe says they're going to do something but again typically they're not and it's more that aw and other publishers like brina the it's been very good high publicity for you know really listening to their roster and everything and even radio channels um, trying to think what the one that I raised on as an example but a lot of them are kind of being like, why are you pulling the title off? Like he was just being safe. It's the Roman Reigns effect again. You know, he's mm-hmm. had two little ones, but for a meanwhile, a lot of people were assuming that that was,
0: you know, the reason why, which is just really bad. Mm, definitely. And, you know, again, it just, Vince can't do anything right. And if you look at the state of his mug, in that Money in the Bank match when he came on the screen. That is a man who is under a hell of a lot of stress and it showed on his face. Um, and I'm, I'm on fire today. Speaking of stress, somebody who's about to go through some stress over the next few months is Becky Lynch. Because obviously, this is my last one. It's my last one, I promise. But uh, I, as you saw in the opening of Raw, it's no spoilers, don't worry. She's announced that she's expecting her first child with Seth Rollins. And um, mainly, the big thing here, Lee, is obviously I really liked the way that they uh, incorporated the woman's title and say, look, it wasn't for the briefcase, it was actually for the belt. And then they opened it, and then obviously how uh, Oscar broke character, that interaction, you know, the humanity uh, on that side of things. But, I mean, it's a big loss for WWE, isn't it? Obviously, now that they've lost Becky Lynch for minimum you know, nine months to a year.
1: Yeah, and uh, Vince, I think two months prior to this came out and basically said that, um, you know, in in a polite way to say, kind of go, well, Brock Lesnar's killed the company because obviously we haven't got any talent and now they're losing one of their biggest talents. It's, you, you couldn't
0: write it, could you? You absolutely couldn't. But again, this is a thing, you know. Like they, the the rumors were coming on that Roman and Becky are in high regard. Becky obviously was on the season premiere um, of Billions, and she's wanted in the MCU, and apparently she's going to be a part of the MCU. Hollywood is calling for Becky Lynch. Hollywood is also calling for Roman Reigns. I think it's WWE's biggest enemy. It's not AEW. It's Hollywood. Take all their talent all the time. But I mean it will be interesting because now at a time like this, when the man t-shirts Becky Lynch's merchandise is always in the top two, top three for selling. And, you know, the fact that she was one of her, her spots were usually some of the most viewed on obviously live television when the ratings come out and on YouTube and she's gone. So who fills her boots? Because it's really, really interesting now because there isn't a character that people can gravitate towards on that raw side of things. Um, But I mean, for me, I think me and you are the same, you know, they've got to get Shayna Baszler with that belt, don't they? The problem, the problem now is,
1: is that you've got this situation of, they wanted to do that when in front of fans, Mm. and we've now currently got a Hill champion, with a heel tag team partner who's looking to leave the company. So I think there's something there that's going to... I don't think she's coming back to TV, mate. (laughs) Well, Kairi Sane was there. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's the thing. She was there. Um, The only way you make it work is Kairi Sane basically tries to pretend she's the champion. Asuka then, thus... Um, becomes face and then you start to work towards Asuka versus Shayna because the, like you say, there is just nobody else on that roster that makes you go they
0: just need to look at it and think what they're about to do with the Intercontinental Championship the tournament they need to really just get people wanting to be that number one con- contender have like Shayna going through everybody have Bianca Belair going through people if you try and do it in a way with Dana Brooke is in a contendership match and stuff like that. Oh, dear God. It, it It's not realistic. You need to get the premier talent. You keep Charlotte away. She's NXT. But you've got Oscar, You've got Kyrie. Sane. You've got um, Bianca Belair. You've got Shayna Baszler. You've got, I mean, Tamina in a way. No, she's on SmackDown, right? Um, but you've got yes. some Nia, Even though I would never put it on her, you've got Nia Jax because she's just dangerous. Um, she just injures everybody. But, Um, yeah you know you've got the talent there make it interesting like the belt is actually something make it really you've got to earn your opportunity at it and you know when they do get the opportunity at it you know Oscar can hold the match Um, but again this is WWE we just don't know where they're going to go with it I wouldn't be surprised if they quickly take it off or as fast as they possibly can
1: yeah um, it's like Vince McMahon going yeah I like you and now I'm going to pull everything away from you
0: well, seeing as we're on Oscar, and we're talking about Oscar, obviously she won the Money in the Bank match. Um, what was your thoughts, not on the pay-per-view as a whole, uh, there wasn't that many matches before the actual Money in the Bank, and realistically the only matches worth talking about are the title matches. Uh, but what was your thoughts on the actual Money in the Bank match? Not on not in the performance centre, protecting the talent, it was at Titan Towers, start on the bottom floor, make their way up. And I can see... I was against having them at the same time, you know, uh, when they said they're going to do it at the same time. But then as I watched it, I thought, yeah, I, w- I would have got bored watching this twice because it would have been the same thing, right? Of them fighting in different rooms, making their way up. But what was your thoughts as a whole on the uh, actual money in the bank match?
1: I actually didn't mind it. My um, thought it was actually quite, you know, really cool. It kind of, it did, it, it was kind of like I said, obviously, previously in the podcast, in the sense that it was a bad situation turned positive because of everything that was going on. The only things I didn't like, and um, this kind of relates into Raw as well, was kind of how I know they kind of explained, well, with Ray Stereo and with Alistair Black being thrown off, obviously, Baron Corbin had to explain what actually happened, um, which made me giggle and like. AJ Styles with the Undertaker stuff again was kind of funny in that, but I feel those elements they they kind of need to play more into them rather than it just being kind of like ah oh, yeah this happened in in Vince's brain set. Unfortunately, he's always been uh, you know oh, they won't they won't remember will they? And Everyone actually does. Hmm. Would I? Do you know what? Yeah, probably. And um, the only thing I think that was really missing from it all was actual wrestling in a money in the bank style with ladders it was just more the case of the ladders there
0: go up the ladder great cool bike <laughs> mm, i think what wwe did as well is you can imagine the media backlash if somebody was bleeding in the environment that we're in in the world at the moment with the coronavirus so i think wwe did everything they can to avoid blood and the problem is in a money in the back matter match somebody's arm is always scraped or leg is bleeding or something yeah. like that so i think wwe just obviously from a pr standpoint thought you know what we can't do this and it's one thing a lot to give wwe credit for you know they, they, they're not resting on the same old same old they're just experimenting and trialing dangerous things you know that oh well, you would never do that you know boneyard fight Firefly Funhouse the way they filmed the NXT match between Johnny Gargano and Champa, this one as well they're, they're just trying different things and like you said the match itself was bollocks but I was engrossed watching it,
1: it was
0: the I think we needed um and obviously they what was it? the pay-per-view itself was what two and a half hours exactly and we got good wrestling matches in there I mean Drew McIntyre Seth Rollins and the storytelling of Braun and Bray I knew it was going to happen I knew Br- Bray was going to come out and I knew um he was going to lo- I didn't know how they were going to do the whole black sheet thing but I knew Bray was going to lose which would lead to the feud continuing with the fiend coming for him as you saw at the end of the match with the flashing of the fiend's face but um yeah what was your thoughts on obviously Bray and the fiend and Drew and Seth Rollins
1: um, I think the uh, break, well, basically, the let's start with Bray. Uh, for me, it's good because obviously it gives it more depth now. Because mm-hmm. last, but then, he, you know, Braun beat Bray, he didn't beat The Fiend. So obviously, it does add that kind of complexity to it, which is kind of what we want. The Seth Rollins one with Drew McIntyre was great until Raw, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where this is a you know, this random shift of. Seth Rollins basically losing and now he's kind of a puppet, if you will, um, that magically decides that he wants to murder people by stabbing them in the eyes. So I think if, for example, Seth was broken after the match with Drew, I think that would have worked better after Raw, but it didn't. It just fell a bit kind of at the wayside, unfortunately.
0: So... Yeah, and uh, yeah, it didn't make real sense what they were doing. The match itself was really good. I enjoyed it. Uh, it was hard hitting. The brave Braun had good storytelling. You know, it was what I expected. Um, but again, it's it's it gives them the opportunity to do these crazy things like with the puppets and stuff like that coming up during the match and talking to Bray and Bray being able to tell the story in the match, which is, you know, the fiend said I wouldn't be able to turn you, and there was no point, but you're listening. Da 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 da. And now, obviously, it's set up for the rematch um, whenever that happens. Um, and then. It's a report, said, isn't it? Uh, backlash is coming back as well. Mm. And then, obviously, the money in the bank again. It was, it, was, it was when you look back in hindsight and watch it, you know, oh my God, that's terrible. But, you know, it was interesting to watch. I'm quite surprised that the superstars. Can run faster than an elevator, fight on the way up the multiple levels, and still beat Oscar to the floor before her elevator comes out. Yeah. You know, um but yeah, it was. They should have at least just done a quick scene where, yeah, yeah
1: like there was one elevator that's working, and then literally it like technician guy saying, oh, "No, no, you got to get out. It's gonna fall. Break." It just wouldn't. You know what I mean? It would have worked.
0: Before we go, I do want to touch on one thing, and it was one thing I really, really, really enjoyed which was um, the AJ Undertaker stuff like, you know, when he saw the picture and he stopped and then he opened the room, you know, it, it's obviously hinting that they, they are going to, AJ's not going to accept it. They are going to have the actual wrestling match at the Undertaker. Undertaker wants to have one final great match and he's ear pointed AJ Styles as the person he's going to have the match with, isn't he? And do you know what? I think it may be the last match. Uh, oh, yeah, without I, a doubt. Without a doubt. That's what he, I mean. It's, it's, it's Survivor Series. It would mm, be, be perfect to be at Survivor yeah. Series because that's where it all started, end it there, you know, um, You know, which would be November. But, yeah, I mean, he could have it with anyone. He could have it with AJ. He could have it with Daniel. He can even have it with Gulak and have a great match. But the AJ one makes sense. And I actually really like that. And I thought, oh, that's kind of funny. And it would be great to set it up that way. Um, before we go, uh, I want your thoughts on Edge and Randy Orton on Raw. Oh, really? I, you know what? If anyone can make a wrestling match sound dangerous, it's Randy Orton. <laughs> it's, just, oh, it's just the way it was worded. It was like, it is
1: going to be the best wrestling match. Yeah, she ruined
0: it. Yeah, the I'm um, in my
1: head going, oh,
0: You're not, my unless, God. Uh, in my head, I thought... As soon as she said that, the first match that popped into my head was, you ain't going to match Sean and Kurt <laughs> for wrestling. I'll you ain't going to match Kurt Angle versus yeah, dude, this that's it Because like, you look at wrestling and you, know, you see a lot of guys. If you haven't seen them, listeners, uh, on the WWE Network, uh, Steve Austin has a show called The Broken Skull Sessions. And he has that with the likes of Bret Hart, Ric Flair, Goldberg, Undertaker... The Undertaker, Ric Flair and Bret ones are the ones to watch because they talk about how the timing is everything and less is more and it means a lot. And we get the NXT matches and we get the AEW matches that are just like, oh, oh, oh. But you mentioned it there. The Sean Taker level is so much more because of that storytelling. Yeah. Copperberg's giving me the burps. And, um, you know, I think to myself that that's when she says it's going to be the best wrestling match ever, you know, I thought to myself, I've never seen a match with the timing and perfection in the moves as Kurt and Sean, everything was pitch perfect. There wasn't a single hiccup, a single mistake. And then, you think about Sean Take and you do think about obviously the Japanese matches that Omega had, and you do think of the matches that, like, you know, the WWE have put on as well, that, are, like, you know, top five stars, and things that like Daniel Bryan has been in, or even AJ Senior, and things like that. And you think, are you going to top that with your styles? The, it, the only way they're going to get anywhere near it, uh, not even like the best, they're not going to get the best wrestling match of all time, but to be a great match this match is going to have to have some insane levels of storytelling, you know, similar to Sean and Taker at WrestleMania, which is Sean desperate to break the street, Mr. WrestleMania, but having that, you know, obviously the benefit of being able to tape it if they want to, you know, because we won't know <laughs> the difference. Because of... Either way or otherwise, well, all be taped? <laughs> mm, how do you think it will be?
1: Um, I think Orton's going to be Edge at some point. I think that's what's going to happen, or something. You know what I mean? Like, or Edge wins by a roll-up. I think it's I would actually really.
0: You know what I mean? Like simple-minded. Hmm. I think I would like Randy to win to make it one-one. Uh, you know, and the pitches, Edge, you beat me in a fight. You know, that was emotional. You beat me in a fight, but I beat you. Because in... everything he said in the ring, was he made sense. You know, that rust is still, is still... You don't shake the rust off. You beat me in a fight, not a rest. You know, wrestling, wrestling. And I think it'd be kind of cool if Randy beats him and then they have, like, a a, a finisher with, like, Hell in a Cell or well, he could only really finish it in handling this couldn't you? He? he can't finish it any other way. That's the biggest way to finish it. Maybe what they're probably trying to do
1: here is they're trying to push or prolong this as long as they can for then the crowd reaction.
0: Mm, definitely. And I think there's nobody really... I mean, Edge is on a part-time contract. There's no one he can really build a feud up with yet. And I think had there even been a crowd, they would have prolonged this Randy-Edge feud a bit more. Um, I think the original plan maybe was to have two or three matches you know like a best out of or something and if Randy wins then you know it's a best out of three and there will be that final match for them which would pretty much fill Edge's quota for the year <laughs> but, yeah I'm good done
1: don't worry about it everybody
0: yeah you know um, and then obviously move on to his next opponent but it kind of solidifies Randy a little bit you know because had he The amount of emotion going into that match at Mania for him just to lose and then move on just undermines his character and everything when they've built him up to be the sadistic person who did what he did to Edge and things like that and they've kept it going. But again, like you said, if anyone needed crowd reactions and stuff, it's this Edge and Randy feud because it was so... People were invested in Edge, weren't they? More than anything and wanted just to be there and see it and we didn't get to. No, no one did this this is the key finish isn't it like you said you know you look back at the rumble
1: that reaction of that oh my god this actually has happened and now we don't have that you know we didn't have that kind of nod off your cap kind of aspect to it and I think you know as I say that's where I think WWE is trying to milk it for until we make it to a point hopefully when things are back to
0: normal we can do that stuff mm, I' just we'll have to see what happens With that being said, um, yeah, it's kind of hard. We we could do Let's Talk WWE weekly, but the show would only be like 10 minutes long just covering the news because obviously not much is happening on TV. We were going to record uh, a preview or a prediction show for Money in the Bank, but then we thought you guys may not want to listen to us talk about Money in the Bank twice. Um, And we didn't really want to go match to match because we know at this point in time it's not really... They're not really putting on the the sort of pay-per-views where you want to go match-to-match at the time. Um, But, I mean, yeah, I mean, probably every two weeks, so probably two weeks, unless something major happens news-wise. You know, we'll be back in, exactly, you know, but we'll be back in uh, two weeks if nothing happens, just to obviously cover everything that's happened and go from there. Lee, have you got a message for the listeners before we go?
1: Uh yeah, apparently uh DX are gonna appear on NXT tonight.
0: My god. <laughs> it's still kind of cool, but it only works if they get beat down by the undisputed error. Then it works. Um, you know, if they turn around and like they ridicule someone, why? What's the point? You didn't need to do that. Um but Lee, I'm just fed up. Give the belt to Io Shirai, what's going on?
1: Oh I know. No, no so, to be fair, I think if she doesn't get the belt or something doesn't happen, she'll go. Hmm. I think WWE will try and offer her loads of money, but I actually think she will go.
0: Yeah, I think. Well, again, we talked about it. I mean, we said we were going to go really quick. All the talent that left, there was so much people and talent that left WWE. But again, this was all just a reaction to AEW. But, you know, they're happy to let talent go now, all of a sudden, aren't they? So um, it'll be interesting. And actually, listeners, the last thing if you do have the WWE network, Find the last ride show, which is dedicated to the Undertaker. It's broken up into parts. The,
1: stopping Sunday?
0: Without a shadow of a doubt, the best thing on the network from a documentary standpoint. It's so good. Um, and you can see where it's going to build up. But it's like the most in depth thing you will get about the Undertaker. That and his episode of Wasting on the Broken Skull Ranch. So watch it. Great probably the best thing in wrestling world at the moment <laughs> to yeah. watch is the undertaker documentary uh I but that's the edges really good the edges 24 yeah uh, definitely again all amazing really really good to watch there is some great content on the wwe network watch all you got to do is go to the originals section uh, where it says shows pay-per-views go to the originals and just look for wwe 24 look for Undertaker The Last Ride and look for The Broken Skull Sessions and watch The Undertaker and Ric Flair's ones if you really want to get a lot of insight into things. uh, They're the ones to watch. With that being said, um, thank you for listening and we'll be back in two weeks unless something massively breaks, in which case we'll be back next week to talk uh, about more about wrestling. Thank you very much for listening. Stay home, stay safe. Good night, everybody.